Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, everybody? April 24th edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferrara. You can catch me uh, on social media at Showdown Joe. Uh, give us a follow here at Fightful MMA uh, and Fightful Mix, FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. So much there as well with our wrestling and boxing content. Uh, the site continues to grow nonstop, but we love your support uh, and we appreciate everyone that ever joins us here uh, on the live chat as well. Don't forget, if you do have any questions, comments, or concerns, the live chat is up. Uh, you can Post up whatever you like, uh, especially lots to discuss considering what went down at UFC Nashville. Uh, such a, it, it was one of those cards, ladies and gentlemen, where you know you take a look and you think to yourself, ah, the main event isn't much. I don't want to pay attention to it. I don't care. But the fights were pretty damn good, man. Uh, there were some comical stuff. Uh, for those that don't know, I wasn't able to watch it live. Uh, I was, I was uh, at an annual. If you saw my social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, you saw a picture of, um, of, my, of yours truly uh, around a barbecue with about, I think at the time, there were seven different types of ribs on there and, and different types of meat. I've got some very close friends of mine um, that I kind of grew up with, and they, they have a nice little property, 10 acres of land. And they have an annual rib fest. Uh, so in, in talking to Sean Ross Sapp here and the boys over at Fightful, I said, what's the plan? Are we doing a post-fight podcast uh, for the for the uh, Nashville show? Or, you know, and they're like, nah, you know what? Let's just uh, let, let's, let's deal with it on Monday. Uh, so Sean Ross Sapp, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with Sean right now. He might join us a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, but he says, yeah, you know what? If you got plans on Saturday night, go and enjoy it. All right. So I went to enjoy, uh, and it's safe to say that I'm paying for it right now uh, with this morning's workout. Uh, yesterday, I was pretty blah. Uh, I was quite chill. Uh, but this morning, uh, even after my workout, I stepped on the scale, and I said, ah, I think you ate too many ribs uh, and too much meat. Uh, but yesterday, when I did wake up, uh, I did take a look at the uh, – I did watch the event itself. Um, yeah, some interesting, uh, some interesting results to say the least in terms of some of the boats that were, you know, put together. Uh, I, I know Sean Rossap was, mess- was messaging me about stuff that was going on in the show without really giving me spoilers, but he did tell me I was going to laugh when I watched the OSP fight. Uh, and you know, when, when you think about OSP, you don't really know what that means. You don't know what nobody knows sometimes with OSP. Uh, but the minute that Von Flew choke was set up, or or sort of. Because Von Flew chokes basically fall into place. You don't really set them up. No one puts their head inside for a guillotine. You know what I'm saying? So the, the, the Von Flew choke occurs when, you know, someone's got a guillotine on you and you're able to get the side control and they decide to keep the guillotine on. Well, their shoulder, as an example, if, if you can see me on the screen, uh, for those that are listening to the audio, I do apologize, but I'll, I'm trying to showcase a guillotine here. Uh, so let's say you have the guillotine uh, with your left arm and you're, and you're here. Well, you can see the right shoulder is going into my neck. So there's 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 your carotid artery number one. If you can get side control and wrap your arm around the other side of your opponent's neck, there's carotid artery number two. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the basis for a choke or the basics for any choke. You know, and I'm talking if you want to use your hands, if you want to use your rear naked, whatever you want, triangle choke, you block the carotid arteries going up to the brain, you have yourself a choke. So the fact that it was OSP once again getting a Von Flu choke, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I just, you know, and then I think that's where Sean Rossap was basically saying, yeah, you're going to get a good kick 
uh, out of the actual show. Uh, if you're tuned in live, guys, right now uh, on the live chat up top right of your screen, please, by all means, fire off your comments, questions, suggestions, uh, anything that comes to mind, and, and we'll figure something out. I'll try and get to it. Uh, if Sean Ra- Ross App doesn't join me, uh, I'm just waiting for him. Uh, I know he was a little busy this morning, uh, but I decided to go solo. Anyways, I got you guys. I got you guys to keep me company and girls. So, yeah. Uh, Roy Soria is already on there saying, Rip Fest. How awesome is that? Dude, it is awesome. Believe me. Uh, it, it's, it's you know, there's different types of wings. Personally, I brought a regular, I brought two types of uh, ribs. If I say wings, guys, I apologize. I, even on Saturday, I kept saying wings. Ribs. Ribs. Uh, I brought a nice basic, uh, you know, barbecue sauce ribs. And then I brought a jerk chicken ribs. My wife put together uh, and marinated some jerk, um, again, jerk chicken, jerk spice ribs. Uh, and let me tell you, whew, uh, I wouldn't say they were the hit of the party, but they were. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where who made the jerk ribs? Who made the jerk ribs? And it was us. So, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, my mind was on the UFC. Brandon Hughes on the live chat as well. We had a bacon fest in Indianapolis a few weeks back. Great time. Bacon fest. Oh my goodness, that would hurt. That would hurt. I'd like send me some recipes. I like to I like to try it out, man. I don't care if it's on the grill, if it's on the, the stove. I'm down. Bacon Fest sounds awesome. Don't forget, guys, live chat, top right of your screen. I want to know your thoughts on everything that went down uh, on UFC Nashville. I'll, I'll kind of focus on more or less the the preliminary bouts uh, on um, not really UFC Fight Pass, but more or less on the actual preliminary card uh, on Fox Sports 2, uh, and then we'll get to the main card on Fox Sports 1. Danielle, am I in the wrong when they're calling her Danielle Taylor? I thought it was Danielle Taylor. I mean, feminine? Danielle? No, am I wrong? All right. Uh, Danielle Taylor taking on uh, Jessica Penne. That was a close fight, in my opinion. Uh, you can make the argument that Jessica Penne won that fight. But you guys tell me it was it was back and forth. I think Jessica was pushing the pace. Uh, do I have a problem with the judges going twenty nine twenty eight for Taylor? A little bit, a little bit of a problem. Maybe I have to watch the fight again. I mean, based on what I saw, I thought for sure Jessica pulled off, did more than just enough uh, to merge victorious. But that's what you get. But yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on that, guys and girls in the live chat. Uh, feel free to hit me up. Let me know what you scored that fight there. Uh, you know, moving on to the lightweight fight between Scott Holtzman uh, and Michael McBride. Uh, you know, Michael McBride's one of those guys that I take a look at times, and I keep forgetting that sometimes there's mixed martial artists that are that are awkward, but could still win and could still do good stuff. Awkward in the stand-up, pardon me, pardon me, not, not awkward on the ground, because um, you know I, I don't. I've got a trained eye when it comes to mixed martial arts, from the stand-up to the transition uh, and what's happening on the ground. But on the ground, I would say my eye isn't as trained as some some black belts or, or, or super elite level guys that are that break down fights where I can see something is truly awkward down there. I can see when something is more awkward in the stand-up realm, and, and, and Michael McBride has this sort of awkward style. But he took a beating. You know, one judge had a thirty twenty six. He took a beating, but he kept ticking. He kept going. He showed a lot of heart, which sometimes I think that that term is overrated in mixed martial arts because when you say you have a lot, you say someone has a lot of heart, it means they're getting shit kicked. You know, and that's not good. That's not good at all. And we'll get to someone else who's, who's had a career doing that uh, a little bit later there. But uh, Scott Holtzman in that, even the awkward interview afterwards, that was hilarious. Uh, but good on him. Local guy, uh, Tennessee guy, doing a fantastic job, uh, getting two judges to give it 30-27, one judge 30-26. Uh, but like I said, Michael McBride kind of had me. He's like, oh, I was looking going, man. You know, it's weird. The, the reason why I say it's weird, and I take nothing away from Michael McBride, who's a fantastic fighter uh, who proved he can do what he does. He trains with some of the best guys in the game. Uh, but it just looks so awkward to see someone that doesn't have the tight striking, the tight footwork, the movement, uh, whether it's bobbing and weaving and, and, and you know bobbing your head. It's you just kind of like, this guy looks awkward. You know, I'm not saying it looks bad for the sport, but I'm pretty sure if anyone came into the room when I was watching the fights and they were looking, they'd have been like, is this for real? Like, is this amateur stuff? Like, what's going on here? And I'm like, no, if this guy goes down to the ground, you'll see something crazy. And every time that fight went down on the ground, he looked pretty damn good. It was just Scott Holtzman Knight who did a fantastic job emerging victorious. Now, speaking of guys that did a fantastic job, Brandon Moreno taking out Dustin Ortiz with a rear naked choke into the final minute of the second round. This kid, Brandon Moreno, in my opinion, is definitely a guy we got to keep our eyes on at flyweight. 
I've said it before, you know, flyweight champion for Titan FC, uh, Jose Shorty Torres is one guy that I'll be keeping a very, I've got no choice. I'm calling his fights, but one guy that I believe deserves to be in the UFC. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic once he gets there. I guess the UFC still has, you know, they want him to do a bit more work, and that's why he's taking on the 135-pound champ, Frank Sheripoff, uh, on May 18th. Uh, but Brandon Moreno, I mean, you talk about a kid who was very patient in his fight versus Dustin Ortiz and realized, hey, I've got some work here. As I continue to move up the ladder, I've got some work to do here. And he realized, you know what, I can't go in there, swing for the fences, just wreak havoc. I've got to pick and choose my shots. And if you take a look at what he did versus Dustin Ortiz, he got patient. He realized it was happening because Dustin Ortiz is a damn good fighter at 125 pounds. And the next thing you know, waited for his opportunity, secured it, did what he had to do, and then emerged victorious. Uh, I do find his post-fight interviews funny. <laughs> it's a little awkward. But, uh, yeah, he did He did a pretty good damn job in, in, in doing what he did. Uh, I, I think this should raise some eyebrows at 125 pounds. I don't know if it did. Uh, but they've got a kid here. They continue. If they do decide to go back to Mexico or Mexico City and stuff like that, here's a kid right here that you can start building upon because, you know, the history of, of, of Latin fighters generally in the smaller weight classes. Here's a guy at 125 pounds. You could definitely push him. And I think he's got the skill set to cause a lot of havoc at 125 pounds. I'm definitely looking forward uh, to seeing what else he can do. Um, let me see here. Joseph Duffy, some guy named Joseph Duffy in the live chat. Uh, Jessica Panay may have won that fight, but the overwhelming result is that she is not the same after the Johanna beatdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree, dude. I completely agree. You go in there and you, you fight, you know, there's times when you fight people in, in a mixed martial arts career, especially as you get in the higher levels, you know, they're, they're generally called game changers. They, they change a human being they because a beating is a beating, man. And, and she took a beating against Johanna. She showed a lot of heart, Jessica Pinay, but that was a game changer. She hasn't been the same, in my opinion. I think I, I, I agree with Joseph Duffy right there. I, I completely agree. I don't think she's the same fighter. Uh, she may never be the same fighters before tough as hell you know i'll give her that she's absolutely rugged i think i still think she won that fight uh versus taylor but yeah you know i've seen it before i've seen you know people will always point to rory mcdonald and, and his fights with robbie lawler especially that last fight you know um there are game changers there there are fights that change people um it i it's it's, it's tough to ascertain other than the fact that you know a lot of people don't understand what these fighters go through um, mentally to get into an, to the octagon. Like, think about it for a second. If you've ever been in a fight, okay, if you've, or if you've ever lost the fight, you know, especially if you're just whatever, uh, the bar, the club, uh, house party, barn party, uh, bonfire, whatever. You get into a fight, you have a couple drinks, whatever. You get into a fight. When you lose that fight, there's a sense of embarrassment. Uh, one of the craziest things ever told to me, it's factual. Terry Riggs, who was Carlos Newton's manager, uh, you know, he, he said he got knocked out in a kickboxing fight. It was the most embarrassing thing and the lowest of the low that ever happened to him was, you know, to get knocked out because you're, you, you feel like, you know, from a, from a male perspective, your manhood, you know, you, you put your manhood on the line to take on someone who's trained just as hard as you potentially. And they knock you out in front of hundreds of people in attendance. You talk about UFC fighters, not only are they putting, you know, their, their, I guess their egos on the line, they're not doing it in front of 100 people. They're doing it in front of thousands of people and then potentially millions around the world. They are stepping in there. And, and Kamar Usman told me all the time, he, has, yeah, he, goes, you know, he goes, yeah, I'm wearing shorts, but you have no idea how mentally you've, naked you feel when you step into the cage. When you step into the cage opposite another man whose only intention is to do the same thing you want to do, and that's to hurt you and to hurt him, you get hurt, you get knocked out, you get choked out. It's beyond embarrassing. And that's why you always hear the stories of the fighters that win. It's the highest of highs. And when they lose, it's the lowest of lows. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, Joseph Duffy's correct. You, you talk about Jessica Pinay after that fight with, um, you know, Johanna Jacek. Lowest of the lows, and good for her for keep coming back. Joseph also says, uh, in terms of Moreno, he's sensational, still young with so much room. He's so tough. That was beyond impressive. Yeah, man. 
I'm, I'm very impressed with Brandon Rooney. I was impressed before uh, this fight here, before he took on Dustin Ortiz. But, man, this guy is just on something else. This guy is just – I really like the fact – I think it was a fight for him where he grew. He grew a little bit in the octagon. He realized that he can't do what he always does. Uh, it's sort of the same thing I want to see with Yair Rodriguez when he takes on Frankie Edgar. That's a good fight, in my opinion, because it's, it's a litmus test – Technically for both fighters, you know, because the question is, Frankie Edgar, will he be able to deal with the reach and the youngster? Uh, you know, is he going to be passing the torch? How is he going to deal with a guy like Yair Rodriguez who just goes just goes crazy with every, all the strikes that he throws? Will Yair be able to do that versus Frankie Edgar? Or will, will he realize, you know what, I can't do it. I got to change my game up. So we'll see what's up with that. Joseph Duffy also states, I don't know who he fights next, obviously uh, referring to Moreno. Uh, yeah, we can go up and down the actual you know rankings if you like, but there's plenty of fights for him at 125 pounds. It's, it's a pretty good list. Uh, I think they're going to build him slowly uh, and see where it goes. Uh, Kyler James, what's up, Joe? What's up, Kyler? I hope everything is good. Uh, Brandon Hughes and Kyler now having a conversation. Don't forget, if you're tuned in live right now, the live chat is up on your right-hand side. Uh, I'd love to talk to you guys and girls. Give me your thoughts on anything and everything UFC Nashville, uh, mixed martial arts in general. Uh, I didn't have a chance to watch uh, the Bellator show. I know uh, the Pitbull won, Friday won. Uh, he submitted Strauss, which is, you know, fantastic in and of itself uh, until Sean Rossab mentions to me again that, you know, Pipple's going to be headlining some more shows, which is not a shocker when it comes to Bellator, uh, which by the way, Bellator is getting, you know, I'm, I'm kind of liking what Bellator is doing. Give it time. They're, they're building their division slowly, uh, but it all depends on what's happening at the top. We'll get, get, get to that um, in another conversation. Uh, the final bout of the Fox Sports 2 preliminary fight card for UFC Nashville. So Phallus Late is taking on Sam Alvey in, in, I can only describe as a just, you know, I, I, I mentioned Michael McBride being awkward. Sam Alvey just looks so awkward in that fight. And I don't know if it was the beginning kick uh, that kind of rolled the ankle or hurt Sam Alvey, the, the kick thrown by Thalas Latis. It's just, it was one of those things where it was just the whole fight looked extremely awkward watching Sam Alvey trying to compete in the octagon versus Latis. I think Latis could have actually done more, but he was being cautious. I thought he was being smart. He did earn, you know, three judges scorecards at 30-27, so good on him. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think he could have did more. Don't know why he didn't want to take that fight down on the ground just a little bit more, try some different takedown attempts. Uh, I think he could have probably got the finish against Sam Alvey, but Sam Alvey just looked hurt, looked awkward, didn't seem right. I know he wants to break the Donald Cerrone record, but... I don't think he's going to be able to do it. That looked like a very painful Sam Elvey right from the opening, like the opening kick, the opening exchange of that fight in the first few seconds uh, of the first round. Credit to Sam Elvey for going 15 minutes, though. Going 15 minutes with another, you know, world-class middleweight. When you think about it, this is a guy that competed. Dallas Latias did compete for the world title against Anderson Silva one time in Montreal. I'll, I'll say that right now. Uh, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where, you know, Thalas isn't, the top, the upper echelon at 100, 185 pounds, but you know, still a damn good fighter. And the fact that Sam Elvey is doing that uh, and was able to go the 50 minutes despite the injury, whatever he was feeling, it is pretty impressive. But again, it just looked weird. Everything just looked weird uh, in that fight there. But credit to Thalas Latis, who still, uh, you know, is doing pretty damn good in, in making his attempt to stay relevant uh, at 185 pounds here. Uh, Vinny Fernando's on here. Uh, yeah, because knowing Aldo and Holloway. They won't fight for another year anyway. Are you saying that Aldo and, and Holloway, that fight isn't going to happen? Or because after that fight, there's not going to be opportunities for guys like Moreno? Um, yeah, that that 145. Wait, Brandon Hughes. Cubs should fight the winner of Yair Edgar for the next title shot. We'll get to that in a second. I like that idea. I like that idea. We'll see where it goes from there. I know Cubs going to be taking some time off. We'll get to that in a second, though. Um. The opening boat of the broadcast, Mike Perry taking on Jake Ellenberger. Now, I, I you know the, the article that I wrote for Fightful MMA uh, and the conversations I had with Sean uh, Ross Sapp before this bout, you know, I, I didn't see anything good happening in this fight for Jake Ellenberger. Uh, Mike Perry is a destroyer; he truly is a destroyer. Uh, and Jake Ellenberger isn't the Jake isn't the juggernaut of old. You know, um, it just seems that he, he's got that. You know, fighters get to that point in their career where 
They used to walk through punches. They used to laugh at punches. And now the slightest hard punch that lands, oh, cold. Body shuts down. It's almost like the brain has this protective uh, measure that says, listen, you've taken too many shots. I'm shutting down right now. We don't need any more of these. You know, this is this is not good. And, and in, in the case of Jake Ellenberger, um, you know, like Kyler James is saying in the live chat right now, he got, and, you know, all caps, rocked. That elbow was fantastically thrown by Mike Perry. It was disgusting the way Ellenberger just collapsed and went down to the mat. Now, Mike Perry... This guy, uh, you know, the, 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 the comments I guess is an odd duck. Hey, man, to each their own. Everyone everyone can say whatever they want about anyone. Uh, I don't know about odd duck. He's, you know, maybe he operates in a different frequency. Uh, but damn it, 175 pounds, he just took out a big name. You know, that was, a, you know, that, that, that elbow was, you know, 65 seconds into the second round. It was brutal. It was set up nicely, uh, and he did a fantastic job. I thought Jake was doing pretty good. Uh, just didn't protect himself from the clinch. You know, I, it's it's one of those things that can happen in mixed martial arts. It did happen. And, you know, but I, I think Jake Gellenberger, I mean, you guys tell me in the live chat, hit me up on social media uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher later on. Uh, is that it for Jake Gellenberger? Should this guy retire? Should he call it a career? Should he hang up his gloves? You know, I, I think, you know, in my opinion, yeah, I think he should. Um, Jordan Lane called that one in the last podcast. You did, sir. Yep. Uh, he's from, or Kyler James, he's from hometown in Lake Forest, Cali. All right. Uh, Joseph Duffy back on. Perry is a savage, but technically he's still not there. Ellenberger was essentially a guy for Perry to get back on track. I feel bad for Jake, but that's his role right now, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what? It's a role that I don't think needs to happen, man. Doesn't need to happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to get into something in, in, in about two or three fights from now to discuss. Um, money and monetary stuff for these fighters, but I think it's done, man. I think Ellenberger needs to hang up the gloves. There's no reason he needs to take that abuse anymore. It's just the body's shutting down, man. Uh, You know, the counter argument from the camp, maybe from Ellenberger will be like, look, anybody will get knocked out from that. Yeah, perhaps. I've seen a lot of elbows land in the clinch against a lot of fighters and not everyone gets knocked out. Not in that brutal fashion. Uh, so in my opinion, Jake, and I've met Jake on numerous occasions, great dude, great guy. It comes, there just comes a time in a fighter's career, in my opinion, where just, I guess enough's enough, you know, enough's enough. There's, there's young guys coming up. Young guys are coming up. Uh, you did your time. Never, you weren't able to win a title. Nothing wrong with that. You made it to the big show. You made it to the upper echelon of the world's best fighters. There's no shame in realizing, okay, you know what? things I can do with my career. Again, we'll get into that in a moment uh, when I start talking about uh, another fighter. And it wasn't Perry the one who screamed in the dude's face at the weigh-ins a while ago? Probably. Yeah, I think it was his debut. Yeah, I think uh, he did that. Um, Joseph Duffy, he just signed a new four-fight deal, I think, Joe. Are you talking about Ellenberger? Because these guys are signing four-fight deals all the time and I'm at the point now where it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Uh, Jordan Lane, totally agree. Ellenberger has been getting uh, KTFO though, through too much and not just KO, but Jake gets KTFO. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I don't like seeing it, man. I don't, I don't, I don't like see it. Uh, Joseph Duffy, this should, the, should this guy retire theme is about to be very strong on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, what'd you do? You went up and down the list? You went up and down the fights that I'm about to go through? Uh, I hear you, bro. I absolutely hear you. So yeah, Mike Perry, welterweight, takes out Jake Ellenberger. Um, you know, um, he's got to put a few more things together. I think he'll be a nice little force in this division. Give him time. Uh, no rush to do what he needs to do. But uh, yeah, the dude's hungry. Uh, and like I said, I believe he operates at a different frequency. So we'll see what happens from there. Uh, lightweight scrap between Stevie Ray and Joe Lozon. Uh, a majority decision, 29-27, 28-28, 28-27. Two of those scorecards in favor of Stevie Ray. I agree. I legit agree that Stevie Ray did win that fight. He came back from losing that first round pretty bad. Uh, you could also make an argument that that first round was a 10-8 round, which may basically puts this card or this fight, in my opinion, at a 28-28. So I think one judge actually scored it correctly. I can understand if you didn't give that first round a 10-9 and your scorecard looks like it's 28 or 29-27, but your, your first round scorecard should have been 
um, 10-8 Joe Lozon. You give 10-9, 10-9 to Stevie Ray in rounds two and three, the fight's a draw. So in my opinion, the fight should have been a draw, but I get it if you gave it to Stevie Ray. I understand that's what some people think. I understand that. But Stevie Ray, man, you talk about a guy that I've liked for such a long time. This dude's been following me on social media for the better part of five, six years. This guy's just a nice wholesome chill out dude from scotland just a happy-go-lucky guy this is my kind of guy man this is my kind of dude who's happy-go-lucky doesn't have a bad ounce of blood in him just does what he does when he gets in the octagon uh, and does a fantastic job when he does compete now does this mean that this guy is going to be a force at 155 pounds not yet he's not getting any younger um it's going to take some time so you know it's i don't think time's on his side uh but you defeat a guy like joe lozon that gets added to your resume, looks pretty damn good. Uh, so good on him. Uh, the next part, I'm a little surprised, though. Very surprised. John Dotson, Bantamweight, takes on Eddie Wideland. 30-27, 30-27, 29-28 were the scorecards in favor of John Dotson. I don't know what's going on with John Dotson. Uh, he ripped into the fans. He ripped into the, quote, inebriated fans should not be booing, end quote. That's technically what inebriated fans are going to do. Um, anyway, we, we can go and, and this topic can be discussed at length. Uh, do fans have the right to boo? Should they respect the athletes more? Uh, you know, I used to have this argument all the time on social media. And, and I think the last time I did it was a horrible experience I had in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, GSP Hardy, Dan Hardy. I don't know what fight it was, but I was just I I, I sat there in, in in the media seats and I was just disgusted, man. Just disgusted with the booing of some of the fans. And it's like, you know, I guarantee you, anyone that's ever trained mixed not ever not everyone, the vast majority of people that have ever suffered in training, whether it's boxing, if you've sparred, uh, kick, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, anything, if you've ever done combat sports and suffered in training and understand that you're not even anywhere near what these guys are doing in the cage, you're not going to boo. A, a civil-minded human being is not going to boo. Okay. Now, are, are there times when there's boring fights and it's just like, come on guys, girls, let's like fight. Yeah, I get it. I get that. You know, but there are times when you have two elite athletes where the smallest of mistakes is grand. It's not just for your entertainment as a fan to watch it, but that small mistake could be the difference between a knockout or the end of a fight. And that could be a career changer. For example, you look at the lightweight division. You are getting up there in the rankings. You lose at lightweight, man, you may not see a title shot for three years. That's how deep that division is. And when you look at some divisions that are so deep, the smallest of mistakes can cause an issue. Now, I'm not saying every fighter has to fight cautious. That's that's far from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as a fan, myself, perhaps yourselves, it's up to you, understand a bit more what's happening in there. Um, it's like one of, it, I told a friend of mine who's who's a bit of a loudmouth, uh, especially when he has a couple drinks. Uh, he's one of those know-it-alls. And, you know, for, for anyone that knows me, if you're a know-it-all, I, I'm – I'm not a know-it-all, so I said I, I do a lot more listening than I do speaking when I'm in person with someone. I just want to get to know someone. I want to know what makes them tick. But if I sense a person that's too much of a a know-it-all or they have the answers, almost that narcissistic type of person, I'm eventually just going to get up and walk away. I don't want to hear it. You're like you know, we all have life experiences. But I kind of gave the example to this person who's basically uh, who works with a lot of heavy machinery, and I said. Give me an example of a piece of machinery that you know almost has a piston-like attribute or something very dangerous that spins, that if you were to stick your hand in there or your jaw in there, what would happen, okay? And gave me the example, blah, 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 and I said, okay, so are you able to put like a water balloon in there, right? I said, I want you to put that heavy machinery Okay, it doesn't have to be too crazy. And if those pistons are going like crazy or the jack is going like this and blah, blah, what I want you to do is have someone turn it on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off at their liberty. And I want you to try and punch that balloon. I want you to crush that balloon without busting your hand, getting crushed by that machinery and keep your face close enough. I go, that's what it, it can almost feel like in mixed martial arts at the elite level. Okay, it's very dangerous. 
You're not going in there. You're seeing two guys or two girls going in there to basically shit kick each other. They've got a job to do. And that victory means they move up the rankings. They get paid more. A loss you know, could screw up their career, you know, big time. Sends them back. It doesn't just send them back one, perhaps one spot in the ranking. It could be a lot more. You could look bad in the UFC's eyes. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, all right, let me go back here to the uh, to the live chat here. Joseph Duffy, I think Dotson Lineker needs to happen. Didn't that just happen? Didn't that just that recently happen? Hold on a second here. Uh, wasn't that Dotson's? Or am I drawing? Am I thinking of someone else? Yeah, that was Dotson's last fight that he lost to Lineker. Uh, so I don't think that fight's going to happen. To be honest with you, Joseph Duffy, uh, not anytime soon. Uh, Jordan Lane, the crowd was booing all night. Uh, Vinny Fernando, it doesn't take training to understand what these guys are going through. These people are risking their health, not only for your entertainment, but to, to provide for their families. Fans need to respect them. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like you need to respect what's happening with these athletes and you have to understand. Okay. Apologize if I give the example of, of if you've ever trained or done something of that nature. You know what it's like. One small mistake. Drop your right hand. Don't return your hook when you're throwing it out there. Step the wrong way. Use the wrong angle. Bob and... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply weave the wrong way you're getting tagged by your training partner okay now you get you're probably getting tagged with with you know 12 14 16 18 ounce gloves yeah it hurts it hurts but not at full force with four and a half ounce of gloves where your jaw your brain is getting rattled okay so anyways we, we, we can get into this uh, another time but yeah um Joe, what are your what, uh, Brandon Hughes Joe what are some of your favorite MMA podcasts outside of fightful Oh, hell no, Brandon. Fightful. All the Fightful podcasts are, are the only ones I listen to. I don't listen to many other ones. Uh, and I'll tell you why I don't listen to many other ones. Have I listened to other podcasts? Yes. But you're also talking to a guy, and if you're watching right now, this is, you know, they want me to, a lot of people want me to showcase this a lot more. But if, I'll, I'll tilt my screen. And as if you can see here, I still haven't fixed that, that Brock Lesnar one with Shane Carwin. Those are just... One, two, three frames of what? One, uh, five, 10, 15, 20, 20, uh, 30, 45. And I got a stack here. Uh, I, I've been to my fair share of UFC events. Uh, I've been around this game for a long time. And I do listen to a lot of, or I did listen to a lot of podcasts. And there are very few that I that I used to enjoy because the hosts uh, either weren't educated enough or flat out ignorant with some of their thoughts and, and, and just, I think they were driving the populace that were listening the wrong way. And, you know, listen, man, you, you people can accuse me of being politically, politically correct as much as they want. That's me. That's my nature. I don't know if it's because I'm Canadian. I'm just, you know, I, I don't cause shit. I don't like causing trouble and I don't like being around negative energy, but I also love the sport. And I always, one of the reasons why I got into the sport and the broadcasting side was to educate the mainstream public, not the hardcores. It's like, you know, your hardcores are your brothers, your brothers and sisters that are going to be with you no matter what. You want to grow this, you got to take it to a different level. So the whole purpose for me was to educate the mass, uh, the, the, the media out there and, and the mainstream public of what it's like, what these fighters do. You know, I, I used to profile a lot of fighters on, on my old show, UFC Central, and it was more or less teaching them that, hey, where do they come from? You know, because if they had anything as, as a background, whether they were a mechanic, a lawyer, an accountant, uh, changing tires, working at Best Buy, I would profile that because then anyone else out there that was a mechanic, an accountant, uh, working at Best Buy, McDonald's, whatever, can, can, can sort of now relate 
to that fighter, and then they become a fan. And that's how I thought you one of the ways you could grow the sport. I listen to some of these podcasts right now, and all it is is F-bombs. F this, F that, referees suck, uh, judges suck, this fighter sucks, that fighter sucks, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I don't say referees suck. I don't say judges suck. I said, you know what? Before I make a comment about anyone, I got to go out there and get myself some certification. Lucky I knew Big John McCarthy, and I said, I got my certification as a ref and a judge, and I realized, damn, this job is hard. This is not an easy gig. It's a lot of stuff you got to learn. And I sat there. I did it. I got challenged. I passed both of them. And at the time, these things had over a 93% failure rate. Man, I was nervous doing these tests, these exams, the practical stuff. But now I can feel and understand what a referee goes through and what a judge thinks, what they're supposed to think when they're judging fights. I've been in the gym. I've trained. Uh, I've got my ass handed to me more times than you can possibly imagine. You're, you're, you know, If you're looking right now on the screen, you're looking at a guy right now that has a hospital doctor's file this thick. I'm on a personal basis with my doctor. That's how many injuries I've had because of MMA, other sports like hockey and soccer as well. But I've been injured so much with MMA because I wanted not only just for self-defense and learning to defend myself if I ever get myself in a situation, but I also want to know the, 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 the application of the technique on an, on a, an offensive level and a defensive level when I'm watching a fight. So I immersed myself in so many things in this sport here. I also have, believe it or not, it's out there. I have a degree in promotion, how to promote, Live events, a.k.a. mixed martial arts events. That's what I did before I got into broadcasting. I was in the, the MMA and grappling promotion business. You can go on my social media, at Showdown Joe. You can see some old pics of me uh, promoting a grappling event I used to have in Toronto, the greater Toronto region, all the time. So I educated myself on what it actually is to be involved in MMA. So going back to your question, Brandon, when I go on, I listen to some of the people that are hosting podcasts. I'm like man, this dude or, or girl has no idea what the f- they're talking about. Like, why would you say that about this this fighter or this ref or this judge or this system or blah, 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 you know? So, uh, you know, there, there, there's some good ones out there. Um, there was one I just saw you on your one second here. Uh, Chael Sonnen is awesome. Like, the guy's a legend. Like, that's a podcast that, you know, we'll put laughs on. But, yeah, he's he's an absolute uh, hilarious dude. But, uh, yeah, there, there are some podcasts out there that I do enjoy, but I don't listen to them as much. Honestly, I don't have time. You know what I do when I'm wa- not watching MMA? I've got businesses to run. I've got two other businesses. I mean, l- literally, as soon as I'm done the show, here's a map. This is my map for the day. That's the greater Toronto region. I got to hit a couple more spots here for one of my companies. And then in between, uh, if it's not Google Maps telling me where to go, I've got, you know, I've got self-help stuff, you know, um, lectures, business stuff, money stuff. Uh, you know, if there's an interview that I want to hear about uh, from John Jones, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva or whatever, I'm going to download that and it'll be what I'm doing. I'm constantly feeding my mind. So are there podcasts out there? Yeah, there's there's some that are okay, but nothing nothing crazy, nothing nothing too intense. Uh, I'll get to these other fights in about two seconds here. Uh, what do we got here? I'm gonna go back to the live chat. Don't forget, if you're listening in live right now, live chat top right of your screen. I'll try and get to as many as I can. Roy Soria, how do you deal with Sean Rossap? Dude is incredibly narcissistic. Nah. No, no, Sean Rossap's good, man. I, I, he's he's got uh, quite the opinion, uh, and I like it. It, it kind of sort of counterbalances, uh, you know, me being that quote unquote good guy, and, and I guess you know, Sap can be that heel, uh, that bad guy. So, gotcha. Kyler James, man, really? Joe is cussing a bit more. I'm trying not to cuss. You know why? I just I don't I don't I try not to drop f bombs uh, unless we're you know we're hanging out on here. I, I just feel like my son's going to be watching these one day and, and you go back and, you know, see what kind of an idiot dad was. And just, I don't want him to think that it's okay to swear nonstop. Uh, Ole, Sammy Ole on the live chat for six hours uh, on the FSN Nashville show. All I heard from Todd Grisham and uh, Stan man was the fighters had kids every 50 minutes. This came up. Why? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I can't even tell you. I guess it's just because they're both dads, perhaps, and you know maybe the kids are motivation. I couldn't even tell you. I'll have to go back. I didn't really pay too close attention to that, uh, but you're probably what uh, correct. Vinny Fernando, well, the Leafs were eliminated last night. Yeah, they were eliminated. Uh, I told everyone that was kind of following me on social media. I'm no longer, uh, you know, I'm in my early 40s right now, 43 years old, to be honest with you. Uh, in my 20s and 30s, I was quite an avid sports fan, 
F-bomb dropper whenever the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Blue Jays. I'm also a huge soccer guy, so whenever the national team for Italy uh, or my team Juventus in Italy wouldn't win, you know, be an emotional wreck, but I'd be pretty pissed off. I don't care anymore. It has no bearing on my life whether the Toronto Maple Leafs advance in the playoffs or not. I, I'm, I'm more of a realist now. When I take a look at a sports team, and that could be any sport, any team, I take a look at the development of the youth. And the Leafs have a very young team uh, that are going to be fine moving forward. Brandon Hughes, I listen to Chill every week. Bisping's new podcast is pretty cool too. Well, yeah, those are two guys that don't have a, that that don't give a damn. They're going to say what they got to say. Um, what else we got here? Vinny Fernando. I can't even listen to clips of that. Okay, because I'm not a big fan of Bisping. Uh, okay, you guys are going here. Da, 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 da. Ole Samuel. Are people hating on? No, I don't think they're hating on those two people. Uh, da, 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 da. Kyler James. Money Mouse said on his stream that he's retiring at 36. That will not surprise me. Uh, Joseph Duffy, yeah, agreeing with my Maple Leaf assessment. Uh, Okay. All right. Uh, They're starting to get into hockey talk on the live chat. This is an MMA podcast. I'm going to focus a bit more on MMA because if I dissect into or digress into hockey, uh, you guys are going to hate me. Uh, Let me go back real quick. uh, To the John Dawson, Eddie Wineland fight. I'll be very quick because we have to wrap this up here. I was expecting more. Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I was expecting a lot more from John Dodson, considering what he said before fight, before this fight here, and what he executed in Eddie Wineland. Obviously, he had to get past Eddie Wineland's reach, who hits like a truck as well. Uh, but I was expecting Dodson to pick up the pace a little bit more uh, and to go in for the finish. Why? Because I think John Dodson can do it. Uh, I don't know if, if it's his career We've reached a plateau with John Dodson, correct me if I'm wrong, where he's not going to be as aggressive anymore, where picking and choosing his shots are going to be even more selective. I personally expect more from John Dodson, who I believe is one of the best fighters in mixed martial arts, and when he chooses to be explosive, he can finish anyone. Almost, excuse me, almost anyone. Maybe not Mighty Mouse, but... I just think he's being a little bit more cautious right now, and perhaps I don't blame him because we're going to talk about in two fights from now, I don't blame him why. Uh, but good on him for emerging victorious, did what he had to do. I just expect more from John. I don't know what you guys think. I just expect more. Uh, and for those of you that are on listening in live right now, uh, I always say it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We're not done yet, but I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, and to those of you that have been cool enough that have taken my advice, when I say, just tell one friend, just tell one friend, and I'll be super happy uh, that you join us. Now, let's go over to the OSP fight. The OSP fight, uh, in my opinion, just, you know, yet Sean Ross Sapp making me laugh, messaging me, uh, and saying what he said. A freaking Von Flu choke again. I don't get it. Von Flu choke. Uh, oh, sorry. We talked about that at the beginning of the broadcast. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I, I don't think there are certain submissions in MMA, guys and girls, that shouldn't happen in a fight. And I think the Von Flute choke is one of them. It is a gift. It feels like it is a gift wrap when a fighter is able to secure a Von Flute choke. OSP might be the luckiest guy in MMA for doing what he did. So good on him. Uh, you know they should that. tell, Joe? Uh, Oh, I, I think I hear Sean Ross up. I don't see a video there, sir. It's not going to work. <laughs> I've been dealing with the power company all morning. You thought I was Sean asleep, here. Joe. You thought I was asleep, Showdown Joe. Do, do you want me to go? Do, you want to do this here? I mean, I mean, well, I guess we can. <laughs> we were supposed <laughs> to go live at 11. I sent we uh, Sean Ross up a message. And I didn't get a response. And I personally know Sean Rossap is a late sleeper because the dude busts his ass every single night. Now, I'm going to be patient. Why? Because I'm patient with Trig. I'm patient with Elias. I'm patient with uh, – Cote's only been on once. I'm I'm patient with um, Pearson. So sometimes they're not going to be available right at that time. And I also know that Sean Rossap – you know, said, yeah, let's do 11 o'clock. So, boom, I sent him the, the, the link to come on live. 11.03, 11.05, 11.10. I'm like, I think the dude's asleep. I'll give him a few more minutes. If he's asleep, <laughs> it's okay. I'll go solo. Well, he didn't reply. I went solo. Sean Ross Sapp, welcome to the podcast. 
Joe, you know what time I woke up this morning? Tell me. 8.30 in the morning. You want to know why I woke up at 8.30 in the morning? Tell me. A tree cracked our power line. You no want to know, way. You want, you want to know what that power line does? It gives my phone power, too. So I'm sitting there from 8.30 <laughs> until now, until they get it fixed. And I've, I, my phone's dead because I run it until it's completely dead, even though I work, to my ho- I work at my house. Got no way to let Showdown Joe know <laughs> that I'm not going to be on this podcast until the last minute. It's all good, but I made it. Technically, I was here. I all was right. here. You were, you were. But I want to get your thoughts immediately uh, on Al Iaquinta taking on Diego Sanchez because Diego Sanchez a needs to retire yesterday, and Al Iaquinta's tweets afterwards. Actually, his post-fight interview was fantastic. The tweets afterwards were even better. F U U F C. Holy smokes, oh. this guy's – yeah. Our, our dude, Justin Golightly, who used to work for us, he works for Champions now, uh, he recalled was sort of the situation that stemmed all this. And I don't know if you talked about it earlier on the podcast. How long, how long have you been live, Joe? I'm going to go with uh, 45 minutes or so. Okay, we'll wrap it up soon. But he pointed out, like, Ally Aquinta talked to Ariel Hawani, uh, like, in September – and said that because he missed a fighter summit, they basically punished him and said, well, you're not eligible for bonuses. Your next three fights. And uh, it stemmed from a situation where, um, I don't know if it was last year or maybe the year before that, Iaquinta uh, had told them, hey, guys, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm training for a fight in five weeks. When I can't remember what fight he he was training for, but he said that uh, that weekend, he was at the beach, and he said, well, the beach is five minutes from my house, so it's not like it's a giant trip for me. And I posted a picture, and somebody said, what are you doing at the beach? I thought you were sick. He ended up talking to Schaller at the time, and the, the argument escalated. And they said, well, your punishment is that you're ineligible for bonuses for the next three fights, and I guess that was still in effect. But, I mean, th- there were a couple of great finishes on that show. But Ally Quintus' finish was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, it was. It was great. What do you make of him potentially? He's conflicted because based on that interview, post-fight interview, he's very conflicted right now. Does he want to fight? Yes. Are you going to fight? No. If the money was right, would you fight? Yes. Is the money right right now? No. He said he got 26 and 26. He said that's not enough. He goes, I can go out and work somewhere else and make that kind of money and not take the abuse that I'm taking as a mixed martial artist. That, my friends, right there is often an eye-opener. And it was yours truly in 1996 or 1997 when I realized if I trained for a fight, if I put it at the time I would train for a fight, and I'm going to get paid 500 bucks if I'm lucky? Oh, hell no. These guys are getting paid a lot more now than I would have gotten uh, paid back then. But even with Ally Quinta, one fight, 26-26, that's $52,000. He's like, no, I, that ain't worth it. Yeah, well, he's into real estate, and he used that opportunity to promote his real estate company, which I thought was was kind of funny because you know we've seen that the last two weekends. We've seen Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson promote his sponsors in the cage. We've seen Ally Aquinta uh, do his own thing and promote – uh, his 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 real estate work well i mean you now you know there there are some questions we had i heard a lot of people like saying fire this ungrateful guy so there are those loons that are on the other side of things joe there are people that are like they shouldn't even get paid as much as they do type of deal even oh though the gosh. revenue sharing percentage is completely uneven there are those people though that's borderline comical that's borderline weird. comical to not, weird, not not have these guys and girls get paid a lot more than they should. Um, do you think we're going to see Ally Quinta back anytime soon? I don't think so. Yeah, I do. I, I, I somehow think we will. I just do. On that Long Island show? I wonder show? how many fights he has left on his contract. Did he just sign a brand new one for four? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Right? So it's it's one of those situations where you're kind of like, wait a second, you signed, but you ain't happy. Hmm, interesting. Um, I want to skip over to that main event. Do you have any love for Artem Lobov right now? 
I mean, I guess a little more than I had before. He he managed to last five rounds against Cub Swanson and won a round. Speaking of, I don't know who gave that 50-45 to Swanson, <laughs> but they're ridiculous. Little Bob did win that first round. So, no, not really. And you got Charlie Ward. He, he's the next one we're going to be talking about soon. So he, he's he's got a fight in July, supposedly, and I think he's – what's his record? Like maybe two and two? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, let, to be um, honest, let's – Let's take a look at what Connor's doing, and it's it's not a bad thing. It's it's a or he he's three and two. Charlie Ward is three and two. I'm sorry, and he won a couple of fights as an amateur, but he's zero and one as as a pro. He got knocked out against uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan like last November. But I mean, what Connor is doing is pretty noble. He's doing the Fedor method. It's like, well, UFC's offering me a lot more money than Bellator. But Bellator's booking all my homies. So that's what Connor's doing. He's like, listen, you want me to fight? You don't want me to go here? You don't want me to do my own thing? Book Charlie Ward. Book Artem Lobov. And hey, what what hey, whatever they're I mean, they're just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, should it be done? No, not at all. But uh hey, good for him to be able to do that, and good for him for being willing to do that for his friends. I can say that. Yeah, no, listen, man. It, it, he's an honorable guy. Don't kid yourself. I mean, I made, I made the comment here before um, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of what Conor McGregor does on his social media. I don't like the arrogance. I liked it better when he was more humble, when he was more, you know, it's 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 cool, whatever. You got to play that part now. Uh, doesn't mean I have to buy it, but the dude loves his boys. He takes care of his peeps, right? He, he does whatever he can to make sure that they get – some of that glory. So I do respect Conor McGregor for that. I definitely respect his his acumen inside uh, the combat square, circle, whatever you want to call it, cage, blah, blah. So good on him. But I, I am surprised, though, that, you know, Artem Lobov did last 25 minutes and Cub Swanson wasn't able uh, to put him away within 10. Are you surprised that thing went 25 minutes? Oh, hell yeah, I am. Because, I mean, it... And Cub Swanson, he Cub Swanson fought Lobov's kind of fight too. He fought that short, in range fight, and there were a couple times Lobov cracked him too. Uh, it wasn't like anything substantial. I didn't ever feel like the fight got out of hand for Cub Swanson, but he very much gave Lobov a chance in that fight. Now I don't know oh, if yeah. he was doing that in a cognizant manner or if that's just how he was fighting the fight, but. Yeah, I, I was I was shocked because I think if the if Cub Swanson had played the inside jump or outside jump back inside pop him uh, go to the body repeatedly game I think he could have just I think he could have worn him away in three. Yeah, uh, Joseph Duffy in the live chat says that he's referring to Ally Aquinta. Uh, do you think he'd fight anyone outside the top ten or like a Gilbert Melendez if he has to come back? Uh, yeah, I think he only wants it's it's such a strange mindset right now with Ally Aquinta. I don't think he wants to fight anyone technically better than him because he doesn't want to take the abuse for the money he thinks he, he he's getting. So, and Gilbert Melendez is no joke. So, you know, outside the top 10 at 155 pounds, it's still murderers. So it's going to be tough to see. Uh-oh, I see a video. Sean Rossap may be Crap. on screen here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's gone. Is it working? Oh, there he is. Nah. Hey! Nope. Is it, is it Every time I speak, you go away. Nah. Oh, oh, sorry, every time it's all good. Well, we we, we appreciate. It. Uh yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Ally Quinta is going to be fighting someone in the top ten or someone like Gilbert Melendez anytime soon? I don't think if Ally Quinta takes a fight, I don't think he cares who he fights. I think he wants to get those fights off of his contract. That's what I think. Somebody says I Quinta Stevie Ray. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I like it. Joseph Duffy's been on fire today in the live chat. He's done absolutely amazing. I don't think it's the real Joseph Duffy, Irish Joe, but this guy's been on fire. Oh, Actually, everyone's been on fire. There's been some good stuff there. You guys in the live chat who's are absolutely. Say, who's to say this isn't a real Joseph Duffy? What makes the UFC's Joseph Duffy the real Joseph Duffy? This could be a real Joseph Duffy. Could be. I need evidence. I need identification. I need We're going to need your social security number and your mother's maiden name. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I need your thoughts. Jake Ellenberger. Hang up the gloves. He's got to go. He's got to go. Okay. 
I mean, that's, that's just really the extent of it. He's, he's, he's got to go. Diego Sanchez? He ain't going. Should he, he go? Needs, yeah, maybe. Um, the thing is, like, Diego is, he, you know, he's just – he wants to fight. He's going to fight his two times a year. He's 35 years old. He'll be 36 this year. He's starting to realize he's not human. You know, when you smoke weed and think you have a heart attack or you eat beef tartare and you shit your brains out and can't make it to a fight or you, you put up a terrible effort in the cage. But I mean, like he got pretty, uh, you know, he had that brutal finish against Lozon. But before that he had been in just like wars, wars, Wars for years. I'm talking like going the distance, like what a, a dozen straight fights. So, and yeah. we're talking fight of the nights. Tiago Campman, Ellenberger, uh, Gomi, Melendez, all back to back, man. So, and before that, before he started that, he was like, oh well, let me dick around at welterweight. Let me jump to lightweight, and I'll fight BJ Penn. Oh my god, like he's he's done it all. Um, you think he's a UFC Hall of Famer, Joe? Yeah. 100%. I think so, too. 100%. Jordan Lane says he should be. He usually puts on really exciting fights. And if the UFC lets him go, Bellator signs him. Well, not if he's under contract. He still has his existing fights on the contract. Uh, I, look, man. I think you'd have to be a scummy promoter if you signed Diego Sanchez. I'm sorry. There's money to be made, and then there's a bit of integrity. Yeah, it's at this point. Yeah. If like he fought out his contract and he won his next two fights and like in any manner, then, then I'd say it wouldn't look as bad. But if, if he has another fight gets knocked out in quick fashion and, and somebody or, or in general and somebody tries to sign him, which, you know, somebody will, I mean, why wouldn't they? He's, he's not a, a big needle mover per se, but, He's a name. So you know there's going to be interest. Are you upset with John Dotson the way I'm sort of upset with John Dotson, expecting a little bit more from him? I get the inebriated booing fans comment. I get that. I just think that John Dotson is is far more, you know, slash pickier and choosier in his attempts to finish off an opponent. He's far more um not a cerebral, just more more reserved in terms of his attacks now. Yeah, well, I mean, I from what I saw of, I mean, not what I saw. I saw the whole damn fight, but from what I was looking at, man, that that reach was. It wasn't hard for him to overcome, but it was hard for him to continue. It was hard for him to continue his attacks to unleash a ton of combos on Eddie Wineland, who is who is a tough dude. He's a he's a ranked guy, but yeah, that's a guy I thought that Dodson would finish. But man, that that range sometimes that'll that'll slow you down. Yeah, and that's what I, I mentioned when I was talking about the fight. I understand the reach was kind of difficult. I just think John Dotson is so much better than what we're seeing in his last few fights. It just seems to be something that's just the trigger's not being pulled at the right time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is what it is. All right, uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up here, but I need to know what is happening in the world of Sean Rossap over the next week here at Fightful. Tonight I am doing the post-Raw show unless uh... – Trees attack my home again. Uh, tomorrow night, <laughs> tomorrow night, post SmackDown. Wednesday with Jimmy Van. That show has exploded. Thursday with Matt Riddle. Friday with Shane Helms. Uh, depending on the schedule, I might be back here Friday unless you get a certain uh, somebody to do the show. Saturday, yes, I will follow up. I don't think I'll do anything. I don't think I'm doing any show Saturday. But Sunday is our post WWE the hell show is it backlash fast lane revenge uh the people people are always like oh when you cover pro wrestling you have to know what events next no, guys there are so many damn events it's ridiculous there's a wwe pay-per-view on sunday we're covering it it's a raw brand show uh alex and anna will be here with me for that and uh yeah just working working the ass off joe 
<laughs> avoiding trees, bobbing and weaving uh, with trees and branches uh, that aren't falling on your head. We do thank you for joining us, Sean. We sincerely appreciate it. Make sure you guys uh, do follow Sean Rossap on social media at Sean Rossap. Uh, just random pictures of cats, to be honest with you. They're pretty hilarious. Uh, some random, uh, I don't know, other shots that he has that are kind of cool, but cats, just if you like cats, Sean Rossap's your boy. That's rule, man. Uh, <laughs> on on the Twitter feed though, Sean Rossap does lose his marbles, uh, so this is good fun. Oh yeah, uh, to, to to take a look at his timeline. Yours truly at Showdown Joe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, follow us guys here at Fightful MMA on social media, FightfulMMA.com for all your mixed martial arts news. Uh, guys on the live chat, those that are tuned in live right now, I am so thankful and grateful that you kept me company until Sean was able to join us. Uh, I am indebted to you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, to those that listen in on iTunes and Stitcher later on, thank you as well. Uh, as always, please tell a friend. One friend. Not 10. Sean wants 10. I ask for one. Just one friend. Tell one friend every time that you come on this podcast to join me. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Tomorrow, we're going to have a great time. Elias Theodoro, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're not Who's sure where ever beat? Be- What's that? Who's he ever beat? Well, he's going to have a good one with Brad Tavares. I can tell you that in July. So looking forward to that one there. Tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, I am not able to make any sort of guarantee as to where Elias will be and whether or not he will be wearing clothes. Uh, So that's at your discretion, ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to join in. I do highly recommend it because kicking off the podcast, it's usually a disaster. So we look forward uh, to talking to Elias Theodore tomorrow. Don't forget, Wednesday, uh, it is with Sean Pearson, usually 9 p.m. Eastern. Thursdays uh, with Frank Trigg, we get very technical in a lot of stuff that we talk about and get some stories from the UFC Hall of Famer. That's generally at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. And Friday, I should have a special guest. We are just trying to figure out uh, some technical stuff with him. If we can get him, I will announce it, and we will have an amazing time with this guy here who is known to uh, have embarrassed me uh, in almost every major city uh, in North America. So hopefully I can have him join me on Friday. Until then, we say thank you very much. We do say ciao for now. And again, I'm very appreciative to all of you that tune in to the Fightful MMA podcast. See you guys tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern with Elias Theodoro. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.